You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Goat Flippers? Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Lamb Goats Van Flip Podcast. If this is your first time checking out the show, we appreciate you trying it out. And if you're coming back for a second, welcome back. This week, we're talking with Anders, frontman and vocalist for the Swedish melodic death metal band In Flames. In Flames began their career in about 1990, and Anders joined the fold in 95, and he has been with the band ever since. As of today, February 7th, 2023, the band has released 13 studio albums, a handful of extended plays slash EPs, and a few live albums. However, this Friday, February 10th, 2023, the band will release their 14th album, Foregone. You can stream that everywhere on Friday, or you can pick it up from Nuclear Blast Records or Inflames.com. I had a fun chat with Anders. He was on tour with Mashuga at the time, I think in California, so this is a little bit dated from a couple weeks slash months ago, so it is what it is. I had a pretty fun time speaking with Anders because it was my first time speaking with anybody in Inflames, whether they were at one point in the band or whether they were currently in the band. And though I might not listen to Inflames on a regular basis or listen to every album when it's come out or anything like that, I have been technically following this band since about 2001, 2002, uh, right before Reroute to Remain came out. And then once Cloud Connected, that single came out and hit like MTV2 and all those, and I'd see the video a couple times and all that stuff. I kind of got addicted to that song. And then honestly, that kind of like drew me more into, uh, you know, Swedish metal and then European metal and all that stuff. So once I found In Flames, I kind of just fell down a rabbit hole of like, all sorts of like weird metal like whether it was viking metal pirate metal you know symphonic metal so i have them to thank for that so thank you i say all that to say this i've spent a lot of time in the last couple months listening to the new album foregone and though in flames may not be my favorite metal band of all time this album is very good i would find myself coming back to it and coming back to it and coming back to it i've spent a lot of time with it unfortunately i didn't realize it was going to take so long for the album to come out when we got the advance so i just kept listening to it thinking it would be out in the near future however it wasn't so i just i don't know i found myself just going back to it so i implore you all to check it out if you haven't checked out one of the four or five singles they've already released off the album definitely do that get your palette wet on that and then once the album drops on friday go ahead and stream it and tell me what you think about it and that being said check out lambgoat.com for all your favorite bands news reviews and drama go ahead and give us a like on facebook and make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at lambgoat make sure you subscribe to our lambgoat youtube page you can see all of these podcasts in video format, or you can go to the podcast page on lambgoat.com as well. And once you're there at our YouTube page, check out our live shows and other content that we have uploaded. Lambgoat Patreon supporters get first and early access to all content that we put on the YouTube channel. There's currently videos that are not public on the channel that are currently visible only through the Patreon, so make sure you check that out. And if you want to follow me, your boy Lurk, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. That's L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. And last but not least, if you you enjoy what lamb goat's doing and if you enjoy the podcast please give us a rating and review on whatever kind of platform you're currently listening to us on go ahead and hit pause right now do that knock it out get it out of the way if you want to share it with friends that'd be really helpful as well it helps with the algorithm and everything like that now that all that's said and done let's go ahead and roll into the episode oh yeah what's this 
feel this. Oh yeah, this is uh Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What's going on, Anders? Welcome to the Van Flip. We appreciate your time. I know you're on tour. I, we literally, I literally, uh, well, Lamb Goat, we were at Furnace Fest uh, last week, so we literally saw you front row and center there. Um, great show, by the way. I haven't seen you guys in probably a decade or more. Um, I don't really get, you guys don't really come to, I mean, you come to Orlando. I live in North Florida. So it's yeah. usually it's usually a little bit of a trek to kind of see you yeah. guys, and if it's during the week, it's kind of hard for me to get down or out of town. So I appreciate your time, man. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm in San Francisco right now, and we're having having a show here tonight, also Michigan Torch, and it's uh, looking forward to it. You know? Yeah, that show that that lineup is pretty sick. How's it going so far? I mean, were you guys I, doing it prior to Furnace Fest? You did a little prior, and then. Yeah, so we were on a tour um, um, prior to this Meshuga tour. Um, um, I think Converge couldn't do all the dates that they were mm-hmm. supposed to do Meshuga, and they, the guys asked us if we could join, and it kind of fit us perfectly because we were ending our previous tour, the one we did around Furnace Fest, and so this is this is this is perfect for us, and uh, you know it's cool to see the boys again, we, even though we live in Sweden. Sweden, we don't get to see each other that often, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, two long-time running bands that probably tour a lot more than usual, uh, than other bands, so, yeah, I would assume, I would assume you guys don't pass, cross paths that often. Um, I mean, we, it happens, but, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. both uh, we're globally, so, you know. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, you guys have, like, an expanded tour, this kind of, this kind of go-around. Uh, from what we've gotten, it's kind of like you've expanded the tour and then expanded the tour again. Because you guys yeah. did the original tour you were talking about, then the Converge, I'm sorry, then you took over for Converge. And I think you guys, well, you had some Board of Osiris dates, but they unfortunately had to drop off recently. But you still have that tour going on later in the month. Yeah, uh, so it's coming after this, yeah, yeah. And I mean, while we're here, right? We, yeah. We, we love to be here. And I think the, the COVID years told us that we shouldn't take things for granted, you know. Before that, it was like release an album, tour, release an album and tour. And uh, now I want to play as much as possible. I, I, right. I, I, the touring family and I miss the fans. And, and so, you know, just give me work, you know. <laughs> how, how, how did you guys take COVID? Like, I, I mean, you guys were, do all of you still live in Europe for the most part? And did you guys um, take that time to write? Well, no, no, not really. We didn't write at all. Uh, at first, it was kind of, kind of weird but calming in a sense because it felt like the world came to a halt. And if, in my mind, at least, we were all sitting at home. And I, I kind of felt good because the earth needs to breathe a little. We are just consuming and consuming and consuming. So I, I thought that was kind of nice. But then as it went on, it was just, um, you know, it was really frustrating, you know. And me and my family, we, we you know, nothing happened to us, I know. A lot of other people, you know, lost dear ones and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, and obviously not being part of, because I toured my whole grown up life, you know, I've been, been part of this, been doing that. So that was, it was strange. Uh, and towards the end, it was really frustrating, uh, especially 
after a year or so when it looked like the world is going to go back to some sort of normality, but it got shut down again. That was really frustrating. Uh, but uh, towards the end of it, me and Bjorn started talking about a new album. And uh, when we were allowed to get back into U.S., because we were, you know, that was that took a while to to open up the restrictions for us Europeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we flew over to rented a house in 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 L.A. Stayed there for three weeks and just began to write some music. Uh, and this was at the end of twenty one. Uh, and then we flew back and started writing for real beginning of uh, 22. So in February, March, April-ish, we finished, wrote and recorded and mixed the whole album. You said you were in LA to begin writing with, with Bjorn. Was that something that, um, what, what was the point of coming to the States for that and then to record or to continue writing when you went to Europe or did you just record in Europe? Uh, and as our producer, Howard Benson, he lives in L.A., of mm-hmm. course. And now we, this is the third time we work with him. And I mean, we have a social circle of people that we, we really like and, and we feel very creative. Get it. The thing is, like, when we're home, you have all these other things that pull that cre- creativity apart, in a sense, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we have to get out of our normal in our normal lives and having people to call and say like let's do this let's do that and and we have to be in a creative bubble 24 7 in a sense and of course being together because i don't like to write stuff and send files it works right. for some but not for for us me and bjorn really need has we, we have we have to feed off each other's energies in a way and, and it's like oh that is cool that's that's cool let's go change that and then you do it immediately you don't have to wait a day to something and send it back it just happened like right there so for us it's 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 a nice place you know uh and also you know it's winter in sweden it's nice to get to warm (laughs) warm place that's true that's true um who all makes the trip over to california is it just you and Buren, or do you have other guys that come with you? Because you don't like sending files. I just was curious as to because yeah. Buren also plays a, a, a plethora of instruments, so I don't necessarily know. Yeah, well, I mean, Tanner, our drummer, he lives in San Diego. Chris okay. Roderick, he lives in LA, and Bryce, a uh, bass player, he uh, he lives in Pensacola right now. But he's he's a California boy in the beginning, so it's just me and Buren. I have to travel really far when it comes mm-hmm. to. Rec- um so we 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 rent a house and it's a you know we build a small writing studio and then we have howard's team close by and whenever we're done we go to his studio and, and start recording so so you guys knocked out the bulk of it i guess within that three weeks and then what just take it back mm-hmm. to... uh, that was just the beginning since okay. we, we didn't see each other for one and a half year almost or, or you know I, I think we saw each other once during this whole covid time and it was more to hang out instead of going back to, to work. You know, it was more a social visit than anything else. So those first three weeks at the end of 21, it was more to get to get and start up the machine again. And I think it took us a week or so to get into the, you know, to make it feel good. Like You're getting the groove. First few riffs are always shit. <laughs> but hey, they are necessary. You have to get them out of the system, right? Yeah. Same with everything it has to just get out there and when we got back into the routine it was like 
it felt like, you know, it's riding a bike or whatever, like, you know. And so those three weeks, we came up with ideas and just getting into the nitty gritty of things and deciding what we want to do with the album. What, how, what, what do we want to say? How, how do we want this to, to sound? And talked a lot about the production and such. And so when we got back in 2022, in February, that's where we, we, um, we really started writing for real and recording. So yeah, that's when it happened. So two months basically in, in early 22, that's when we wrote and recorded everything. Cool. And do, does Tanner and all the other guys, did they come to Sweden or to Europe for that? Or did they stay in the States and just pass no, on? do everything in, this, in the States. So they came to the house where we were and we showed them the, the, the ideas that we had. And, and I mean, mainly it's Bjorn and I that write the bulk uh, mm-hmm. of it all. But they definitely contribute their energies and, and I mean they are very talented music musicians and they have a certain way. I mean, whoever you work with, that that, that person would bring their, you know, identity and, and, and their um, attitude to, to the recording. So it's always different whoever you work with, even though someone write it for you, you know. Right. So but they 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 did an amazing job and I think it show we've released three songs so far and I think it shows what what you know, they contribute. Yeah, I think we should probably mention the album, you know, it's Foregone, right? And it's, am I wrong? Or is it like your 15th album as a band? 14th? Okay. Yeah, it's like your 14th album as a band, which is insane, obviously. You guys have been around almost three decades, just, you know, killing it for the most part. Um, I remember I found you guys, you guys were kind of like my entry point into that whole kind of, vein of you know swedish european metal um way back in the day on mtv2 like late night you know i I think i saw uh something off soundtrack to escape and then i definitely remember cloud connected that was all over mtv2 or mtv back in the day too so um is it is it weird being around for so long like because you've seen a lot of the ups and downs and not only that but you've also got to see like how it how metal is perceived in Europe and then how it is perceived in the States. So is it, is it weird being around for so long? No, that would say, that would say it's weird being me, but, but no, 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 it, it's not weird. It's, it's rather humbling to be honest, you know, like, cause when we started out, we had no clue what we were doing and this is like free internet. So you're, you're not fed with so much information all the time. And yeah. we just try to mold our, our, um, um, the genres that we were into, right? And all of a sudden it developed into something that was real and you got a record contract and you go on tour and you do all that stuff. And, and, and no, no, I, I would say it's humbling, you know? I, I mm-hmm. think I'm, we've gone to three stages, we've gone to member changes and everything. I'm, I'm just really proud of being part of a, something that came from a little town in Sweden and here we are. You know? And so... No, it's not weird. Um, I mean, it's only when you talk about it. Like that, I, I get, I, I get it. I mean, it's a long career, and, and I've been doing this for a long, long time. But I, I, I yeah, yeah. I guess I weird know. is the weird is the wrong word, obviously, because it's something like when you set out in you know the mid '90s, you're not thinking in 30 years I'll be still doing the exact same thing, uh, playing you know metal music. It, I don't know uh, if you thought that back in the day or no, not. No, I, I just want to be part of something, you know, a bunch of guys that listen to music and then you want to be part of a scene, you want to contribute yourself. And of course, I mean, you, 
the, I think the goal changes all the time. It's like, first, let's make it, let's find instruments to play. That's the first, better place to play. And maybe, oh, wow, we, we don't, we're not doing covers anymore. Let's do our own shit and let's find a place where we can record a demo. And, and then and that moves. Let's release a seven inch. That would be amazing. Let's, let's get ripped off on your first record deal. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. You still feel great about it because it's, it's, this is yours, right? Yeah. And then tour and the first shitty tour bus and then that, 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 that. So it's, you know, but now being around this for and done it so many times, I still have the same or even greater, um, like going into an album, the attitude is still the same, right? You know what I mean? It's still the passion for music and you still want to create something out of nothing. Um, but yeah, again, I just want to say I'm, I'm humbled. I, I feel it's such an honor that I could do what I love and tour the world and, you know. Yeah, that seems to be a sentiment when I, because I, <clears throat> one of the things I do when I interview, you know, people in bands on this podcast, I, I try to kind of, you know, point out that not only is it difficult to maintain not only a band, but a career in music and on the other side, you know, for a lot of bands, uh, whether they're signed or unsigned or, you know, have a following or not, not have a following, there isn't a lot of money flying around in hardcore and metal for the most part. There are bands that can make a career of it, like yourselves, uh, some other like bands like Converge and Meshuggah and all these other bigger bands that have kind of run the gamut, you know, over the years. But <clears throat> what is like a piece of advice you would give to a band starting out that may have, you know, the dream of like maintaining a career in music for a long period of time. Um, well, outside, I, of I think, outside of don't get into music, that's usually the that's usually what people say. I, I, people get into music, it, it gave me so much in life. So, but it's not easy to to sounds weird to make it because I mean, in today, there's it's very easy to to get your music out there, but to be heard it's more difficult because everyone can do it you know right uh, and then you really you know you have to go to an engineer you have to go to a studio or someone that operated porta the four track or whatever else like it, it's today it's just like you can record amazing in your in your in this room i can create whatever because i have you know apps on my on, on my computer or or uh, like the pro it's it's so it's very easy but you got i think yes believe in yourself and, and trust your instincts and, and, and don't try to chase um, a trend because you, it's you're often you're second on the ball and the trend is gone and then you're like just be yourself and I mean we're like we're all victim of, of I mean our career has been like you know it's there are ups and downs and whatever but I still I always believed in what I've done you know I always think this is the greatest thing ever and then some Sometimes people like it, and sometimes sometimes people don't. And but it's still you have to like believe in it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get and that. try to play with other people, like learn to play, you know. Because I, I, you know, it's, again, you can correct everything to the slightest detail in the computer, but get out there and and, and work with other people in practice room, live, and everything, and and just be amongst other musicians that that. 
can give you, you know, ideas and, and, and uh, you know, you can learn something from. Yeah, I definitely, I started playing guitar later in life in the last couple of years. Uh, it's always something I had wanted to do, but I never really got around to it. And the older I got, <clears throat> the more I was like, oh, well, that's passed me by. But, then yeah, but I, you, you don't have to play music to make it. You can play it for yourself, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it's, not a, it's not something that's like, oh, I'm going to give up guitar or drums or vocals just because people don't notice what I'm doing, you know? For, for for me, it's like when I meet some a person that says this means so much to me, and you're giving me this 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 this. It's like I don't care if a hundred people say I suck. You know what I mean? Because that person said something, and that made me feel good. Just play music. It, it, I advise anyone to pick up an instrument and just play. It's a, it's a good escape in this chaotic world that we have too. Agree, no. and that, what I was what I was getting at though was playing with other people. Something I, you know, because I, I I felt that I was so horrible for the first couple of years that I never played with anybody else. But then when I started playing with other people, it actually did progress. You know, progresses your playing much quicker, and you know, makes you yeah, invigorates the drive a little bit. I mean, if if you're a, if you're a guitar player, maybe you don't have to play with Steve Vai the first time. You can play with people that are equally shitty, and then you elevate together you know yeah yeah but if you do play with steve i you learn something and you can take away your yeah, you can take something people, away. he will teach you a lot and he's an amazing musician so of course if you have the chance do it <laughs> yeah obviously yeah um god he just did a song with somebody and I, i'm blanking on who it was but whatever with who with polyphia yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah you're right correct and they're um, amazing oh yeah yeah they can they can really play tim can really play they, um they, He's pretty insane. Um, so getting back to Four Gone, since, you know, it's, it's the album coming out. Um, is it still scheduled for uh, February of next year? Yeah, I think it's February 10th. Yeah, I was just double checking because I, I was looking at the date, but I know that you guys, like you said earlier, you released a couple singles. Um, yeah. Are those all the singles you're going to release? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> anything no okay i get that i get that this will come out you know far before the the album i was trying release. to the image just to i was i was frozen too and i thought maybe you thought i was frozen so you weren't replying so that, yeah, that, was, that was a good trick, good trick. yeah uh, yeah uh, now i mean there might be some more stuff coming out before the release we'll see um um i can't say anything at the moment but you know i guess you. how yeah, much yeah. of the how much of the set currently is is new material? Is it just a couple of singles that you already have released? Uh, we pl played them all now on the Meshuga uh, run. We played, no, we might play three to nine. We'll see. Yeah. So we, we play them all. As soon as we put them out, we want to play them live. So it's, it's you know. I can understand that. Yeah. What, um... and if you, that's the cool thing about this too. We play a couple of old tracks, like from there, from the, our '90s era, and then boom, we go straight into some of the new ones, and it, I think they fit perfectly, you know, oh, which yeah. is it's amazing when you think about it. But kind of this, I feel this new one sums up our our whole career in one album, in a way. That's, that was yeah. my next kind of question. Like, what would you know for either the cat, for either like a someone who's just finding out about In Flames, or if it's someone who's been listening to the entire, you know, for the entire time. What would, what would something, what would draw someone to this album over the other 13? I mean, if, if, if 
I just I want to recommend everyone to listen to every album. I mean, start from the beginning and see our revolution, and you know. And but I think this one definitely incorporates um, the uh, the more of the aggressive side we have. But I mean, we in an album it also has to to, it, to my taste there has to be dynamic. It can't be all fast or all slow or all experimental or whatever you want. Like I want dynamic from beginning to end. I want a listener to listen from the first second until the last song, right? Or the last second. Could, to get your opinion and in your if you don't like it by then, okay, fair enough, you know, but 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 that's that's how I want this is my art and that's how I want it to present it. Um then then I get in this day and age people maybe listen 30 seconds and they judge everything. But I I, I hope people didn't do that. But but I I, I, I I all the things that we've been known for I feel is here. It's the melody, it's the aggression, the dynamic, the the sad, the angry, and yeah, it's not a lot of happy tunes, but it's no. <laughs> it's a very sad world we're living in. And I think, and as I said before, like this album is born out of frustration and and whatever happened during COVID and the, the situation we're in right now in the world and amongst and between people and stuff like that. So it's a it's a it's an angry and sad album. But, yeah, but, and that it's funny, not funny, but it's interesting you, you point out those adjectives when you were describing the album, because that's something that I noticed when I started listening to the singles, too. Um, I mean, obviously, you, the, I think The Great Divide, Divider was the first one. And Deceiver. Then, Deceiver, yes. Uh, they, it was first, and then Great Deceiver, and then it's Foregone Part 1. Yeah, the one that just came out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I noticed that those were a lot heavier, and, and not a lot heavier, but all three were kind of the same, like you just described. And I was hoping, and I mean, I've listened to the album because they sent it, I, I believe, uh, or I've been listening to the singles so much, but a lot of it is, you know, kind of like you said, the all culmination of the band, you know, all the discography and sprinkled in with some anger in there. And it's actually really, really good. And the dynamic, like it's something I was listening to earlier today and I was like, it is really dynamic. So it's weird that you, yeah. not weird. I mean, it's interesting you bring that description up too. Or that I yeah. Yeah, I mean, personally, when I listen to music, I don't want to have the same again and again. And there's all maybe AZDZ um, yeah. is a band that could do that or whatever. And, and it's amazing. But for the most part, I, I need diversity and I need dynamic. And, and, and I mean, yeah, the ups and downs within an album uh, and even in the song, too. You know. Cool. Um Taking it back to last week at Furnace Fest, um, did you enjoy your experience there? I know that you guys, that was like your first time there. I don't know if you, I don't even think you guys played the original couple of the 20 years ago, but um, how'd you enjoy it? In many, I think we played many, many, many years ago, at least in the, the, in the inside that big. Oh, the Slots uh, Furnace? Yeah, I think so. Like, but that's, yeah. Say that was twenty years ago, but I can't be mistaken. It's been a few shows between, so to speak. But uh, no, I, I had a good time. It was it was warm. It was sweaty. Um, I think uh, Comeback Kid was amazing. Um, so you and, did get to hang out for a little bit during the day. You just didn't because some people just come and go as they as they play. Yeah, we had we had our tour bus there, and we had some stuff that we needed to do, and we brought out our barbecue, and we just had a good time, you know. And periphery we haven't seen in a long time. Those guys, and uh, it was good to meet um, 
some of the spirit box people. I mean, I know Josh War and, and SLA Dying. Um, and I mean, Combat Kid again, we had them on our festival a few years back before COVID that we have, the one that we have in Sweden. And I'm a huge fan of that band. And I thought it was amazing to see them, you know, and the Mastodon guys too. And yeah, there were a bunch of others. So yeah, I think it's, 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 a, it's a cool festival, but a niche festival, but it's very, very cool. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a lot of those that cater to like just that specific demographic here in the States. That's probably something that you guys over in Europe probably uh, get to enjoy a lot more, those little niche fe niche festivals, which I wish they, they did more of those over here. But, you know, it's and you guys play these big uh, U.S. festivals that have kind of like those bigger mainstream rock bands on them, yeah. like like Disturbed and Slipknot and all those things, too. But um yeah, it's really cool to see you in a different atmosphere, like, you know, a smaller niche festival here. Yeah, no, I know. And it's a great energy coming from the audience, too, which is like such pure, pure energy and pure love and joy for the music. You know, they, they go nuts for whoever is playing almost. Yeah. You know? I think it's a lot of people coming out of retirement to come back to shows. You know, their kids are yeah. growing up now and they, they get back no, in there. Very, very cool to see, you know. Uh, and then you know, I think people were missing this, of course, during the years that we had right. behind us. As a Europe, as, as a as European, um, do you see? And this is before COVID too, uh, is what I'm referring to. But have you seen like an influx in the interest of like metal in in the states? Um. I don't. I don't really. Nah, difficult to see. I. I don't. I see. I don't really. See, like a I resurgence. Don't, like a resurgence in, in. In. I think a lot of bands will come out with an angrier, heavier, uh, album. But I. I, I don't know because I don't follow. I don't. I don't really follow what's going on online. It's just. It gives me too much. It's too much information. Too much headache. For even you know. Oh. I, so I, I. I don't really you know, see what's going on, you know, it's enough in my world anyway. Um, but, uh, so I, I don't have a good, a good answer really. Cause, awesome. but I, I, I hope there's a healthy, you know, underground. I, I've up, a lot of up and coming bands, you know, I, I think, I mean, that's important for the scene and I hope metal is good and, and alive, you know. Mm -hmm. and, I, I asked that because I kind of, feel like in the last couple of years, uh, at least throughout like the 2010s, 2020s, was kind of like a, a lower point for like, you know, hardcore, metalcore, metal. Um, there wasn't that much really like breakthrough stuff. I think a lot of like, I think it got popular in the early, you know, uh, 2000, 2010. And then I think maybe some people you know, like MTV and some other kind of things like that started really... I don't know. I don't want to say bastardizing the scene, but kind of what were. And then you'd have a lot of like bands that were just trying to not sell out, but make it within that MTV genre. So they would make some kind of metal or metalcore that was more for the masses, I would say. But in the last couple of years, I've, I've noticed that a resurgence of just like heavier, don't give a fuck kind of music. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you you want to write music for the masses, this is the wrong genre to begin with. It's definitely not metal you should do, you should do something else. And I, I think most bands have that attitude, like whatever happens, happens. And, and 
it's 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 the people around you that point fingers and say you sold out or you did this yeah. or that I, maybe the interests were as you were saying were not as in everybody's i don't know eyes or so to speak but but mm-hmm. but it's cool if it comes back but i, I don't i don't i don't really care because i i think that the metal community and the fans will find the music then will come out anyway it doesn't matter if it's on mtv or if it's in every magazine and I think this is a healthy, healthy uh, music genre to be part of. We're not supposed to be mainstream. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't think if it was, it wouldn't be as cool to me. I think. No, I mean, I, we I, we had our fair share too. We 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 try, you know, write with some other people and do this and that. And it's 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 fun. You learn something, but it's at the end of the day, you feel like, nah, that's maybe not us, and that wasn't the right move or whatever. And with this album, I mean, we are fortunate that we have a management that trusts us. We have a, a record label that, that just let us do what we We tell them, you're going to get an album delivered at this date. Let us do our thing. They, they, we let them do their thing. And, and so it, it's definitely with this one. And I, I, to go back again, it's, it's like tiring to pro- uh, talk about the COVID maybe, but that really, I think it was a, it was a good break for our band, you know, mm-hmm. like to feel that hunger and that not take shit for granted and, and, and look at ourselves, our career and, and everything. And just like, you know, this is what we need to do. Yeah. I that's think what, a lot of, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's, I think the album turned out the way it did too, you know? So, so I think for us as a band, it was, it was a good thing. Yeah, I, th- I think overall it was a bad thing for the world, but good for certain things like taking a breath, refocusing your life in general. A lot of people did that. Bands did that. You know, they they kind of spent some time working on their craft because they had nothing else to do. So I think at the end of the tunnel, everything came out better. But we're still yeah, because to go in and be like, ah, oh, let's record our album so we can go out again. You know, like ah, oh. it's like, but, but with this new one, even the slower parts and then more like and it has more attitude more bite to it if you know what i mean yeah um, so it's not just i mean it's, you can just be fast and that's fine like oh great but even as i said even the more yeah slower things has more attitude so you were saying this is pretty symbiotic relationship with nuclear blast um and you guys have been on there for the last couple albums um so they just they don't hassle you, you they just they know you guys are tried and true and they can they trust you and they just accept anything huh yeah, I mean, we've been, uh, now we are with Nuclear Blast Worldwide. We've been with different labels in the States for a while. <clears throat> but no, we we have a really good relationship. And obviously, they were the ones that gave us a chance in the beginning too, you know. So we, not that we owe them, but I feel in a sense that we we do. Because, yeah, as I said, they gave us a shot, you know, when we were nobodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so... No, it feels good. You know, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, come back around. Also, yeah, full circle. Here, you know, <laughs> when they <laughs> done the campaign and release the album, we we'll see what happens. But it feels extremely good right now. Yeah, and uh, I want to focus on the music. I don't want to focus about the business as such. You know, it's it's that's very for a musician. I think that drains you uh, quite heavily if you have to be a musician and a a businessman. Right. And that takes a lot to put that trust into somebody, you know, as, so, as an artist, because 
like you do, like, you know, it's got to be difficult to hand that part off at some point, but also like, at this point, you're probably used to it. But I mean, artists usually are very nitpicky with their art. So, you know, it's got to be difficult to kind of let them yeah. handle certain things and you not worry about it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not like we go in and be like, duh, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's, but with, with, uh, um, the years that we've been part of this, you feel when you have the communication with the people that works for you, you know when you can let go of some of that, you know, uh, control uh, issues that you maybe you had, you know, mid, mid career, you know, in the <laughs> beginning, because you were totally naive, which was a good thing too. But uh, so, so no, I think with experience comes that you can give away some, some of that freedom to someone else. What was the original reason you guys um, kind of stepped away from them and went to Century? Um, that's a very good question. I guess, I guess you, you just want to try something else. You want to shake something up and just see if something works better here and there. And I think it comes, it not, it, I think, yeah, it goes both ways. Both, both companies, that, like, we worked so long together. Maybe we like, want to try something else. Mm-hmm. After a while, you realize what matters, you know, and then things don't work out. And because, yeah, yeah, it's it's very special. You like creating music and giving away your album. It's like handing over your your kid to someone. You better take care of it, or you know, yeah, uh, um, yeah. So, um, and, and when you did get on Century, you released the one album with Century, Sounds of uh, Sounds of Playground Fading, I believe, right? Yeah, and then. Uh, after that, you jumped to Sony, or you went to Sony, and then you went to another label, um, and then that obviously got you back to Nuclear Blast. Um, what was going on in those years, just jumping, you know, from Sony to then the next label? Um, I mean, Century, that sounds, it, it was, they did a good job, so I have nothing, there's nothing there. My main thing, well, like, when we had the chance to sign with Sony, it's, you know, you have this major label hanging thing in front of you and mm-hmm. I just I want to try it you know it's, it's a chance I mean if you get the chance you should try it at least but I don't think it, it it wasn't good for our band for our brand or what we do it's just I think they had certain expectations and we had certain certain expectations and it just didn't it just didn't match you know interesting yeah and we yeah. had we had so funny with because I heard all those stories before, like you have an A&R that signs you and then that person get fired and then get handed over to someone else who have no clue what they're doing. They're working with, oh, here I'm working with um, whatever pop artists and this pop artist and they get handed a metal band and they're trying to understand what we do and it's just, yeah. right? And, and I was like, ah, that's not going to happen to us. This A&R, we talking about this fucking amazing. And we, the startup of that relationship was really, really good. But then, of course, it happened. You know, got fired or put in another position. And we got handed to people that had no idea who we were and our history. So it was just, uh, it didn't work. But it was a good learning experience, too. Because, you know, I've yeah. tried it. And I'll do it again. Yeah, you got to take your lumps and keep learning. Just like you, you know, get screwed over in your first record deal, you'll get screwed yeah. over in your first major major label. Exactly. You know, but it's it's. I don't regret it. You know, I'm here for a reason and and today. So yeah, it makes. 
us grow as humans, as musicians, and yeah, as a band. Um, what I was trying to figure this out myself in the last couple of days. What is the percentage, if any, of your songs that you use your native uh, your, your native language in? Is there any? Not really. No, I don't. I don't. Not in my lyrics, at least. Okay, so we have. We have a few names, like in the early days, like the, which has a, a um, name of old traditional Swedish folk music. Like song titles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I got that. Um, was that a conscious decision for any reason as far as like just recording so people outside of Sweden can listen to it? Or did you always have a goal of like wanting to play the States or worldwide? To me, it's so at least right in Swedish, it's so close. Like it's, I, I want to keep a barrier and, and, and speaking in English, it's, it's, you can reach more people, but it's also like a, a, a wall between me and, and whoever sort of. Um, and I think English is a better music, more musical language when it comes to singing. Um, and it's, I mean, we've always had it since we were kids, you know, it's mm -hmm. always English for us. Uh, and all the music that I listened to was English. All the metal bands I listened to, that was English. So it was very, very, it was natural, you know. It, it's, it. It, it's never been about breaking anything. It's more like, I want to I wanna reach, reach more. I want people to understand what I'm saying, you know. Mm -hmm. And they can make their own interpretation of what I'm, I'm trying to say at least. But, you know, who knows? Maybe one day there will be an all Swedish song from things, but I doubt it. Um, what is the, why, why is Europe, and especially like Scandinavia, why is it a hotbed for like metal? It just seems like so many different genres of metal come out of, you know, Europe and especially in the Scandinavian area. But like, what, what, is, what, is, a, what is it about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, when we started, I, at least it was it was fairly easy to find a, a a space to rehearse and we even got government funding to 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 actually rehearse we can just fill in a paper and said i rehearsed this many hours and they gave you money uh to buy like equipment like strings and sticks and wow. you know whatever it, it was amazing really supporting that a lot of youth centers open you know so instead of going out and behaving like a maniac you, you went inside with a, a bunch of uh, friends and behaved like a maniac instead but it, in, a, in, a, in a better controlled environment than the street mm -hmm. um, and uh, if you didn't want to do sports you you went for music you know um, and and um, I think yeah again this is it was so it started so organically with we didn't know you had no and trends came very it took took a long time for you to 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 see what was the next next big thing you know and mm -hmm. we were and we were like it was yeah it was no one was pointing fingers at us you know like as soon as you do something now and then put something online people go like that's wrong or you know <laughs> and you're like what the fuck uh, yeah. but so I, I think that was a big thing for, for, for us back then. And, and, you know, people really want to learn their instruments and learn their craft. Uh, 
and uh, yeah. we don't have compared to the U.S. At least this is my what I think. We didn't have we don't have a radio. We don't have an active rock radio. We don't have this or that, and we were all in our in our bubble, you know. Mm-hmm. So how did, so if you guys don't have that, how did metal become such a big thing for that area of the world? Because I mean, you'll see those festivals and they're just way huge. You know, they have like big open air festivals out there that have. Yeah. Oh no, now I mean, when we played like Vakken or stuff like that, which is a ginormous uh, festival, yeah. amazing festival, and you you can like there's so many good bands or many bands that get their chance to play in front of people there, like from. The smallest opener to the biggest headliner, and people come out for you, you know, whoever you are, which is amazing. But when we played there the first time, it was really small, like uh, like '97 or whatever. It was a different type of festival, for sure. Mm. Um, but no, I think when bands got signed in the beginning, you know, then we have to thank record labels like Nuclear Blast and Century Media and Eric, and uh, yeah, they're probably miss a few but that they found you know and tomb got signed right and the, to eric and people were like hmm sweden what is this and then dismember followed tiamat unleashed you know tons of bands came and all of a sudden at the gates and us and dark tranquility and all these arch enemy soil work uh, uh i'm on a marth opus uh, like t- like record labels saw something was going on uh, you know mm. of course their eyes and ears will go like <laughs> To this for country, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and don't forget, Michigan, you know, refused and all. There's so, I mean, so many. I, I don't, I, I forget tons, but you know, it makes sense though if the government's having programs for you know to actually like, you know, not I don't want to say pay people to create art, but it's in, essentially kind of the same. You know, if that's what it is, they pay. You know, you you record your time, send it in, they give you some funding. So that's a great, you know place to start in general so i would assume trust from the government too because yeah. we you know it was easy to fill out you know we didn't rehearse for four hours uh, we rehearsed for one hour and then you got money anyway and then you know so but it's thanks to them you know they I, they probably created a lot of you know at least something that got the ball rolling not to say <laughs> that every is but there was I think it's quite amazing to see, you know, I don't think such a thing exists today. And they closed down, closed down, uh, like places to, that's another thing too, like places to play, you know, we, we played tiny, tiny places in, in the beginning and then everybody was helping out. And now you have to come with a full album to even get a chance to play. Mm-hmm. Like this. You don't, an organic scene doesn't grow if you don't give people the chance to, sound strange and weird and fuck up and do all that stuff to become better, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it seemed different when I was a kid too. So I, I understand that completely. Uh, that sucks that there's no kind of like programs like that still going on out there, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe someone can change that in the near future. Um, yeah. If you, so obviously you've been doing this almost 30 years now. If, if you weren't doing this, what what were you doing prior to being in Inflames? You were probably a much younger man, so you may not even had to have a job. But no. what, what were you doing prior? My goal was to become an architect. That's what I wanted to do. Interesting. So, so yeah, I was. Uh, I probably would have gone down that road. 
So with traveling, with traveling in the last 30 years, do you spend a lot of time, especially, you know, with all the areas of the world that you've been, do you spend a lot of time just seeking out architecture in, in the cities and countries you're in? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I look, you know, up, I, today when I was walking down from the hotel to my tour bus into the venue, I was going like this to see how it looked in San Francisco. So, yeah, I do that. And I think it's important to, you know, see a little bit further than your own feet, you know, oh, look yeah. up. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. I can get fired by that for sure. Interesting. Did you ever like go to school for that or take classes in it or, you know, expand on that feeling of wanting to be an architect? Well, I had to do a little bit, I had to do a couple of more years from where I ended, but I was heading towards that and I was learning how to calculate mass. And if you have a, a building with all these pillars or whatever, and if you have a um, um, weight coming here, how much is this before you break it, so to speak? Yeah. And, all that stuff. So, and I was learning how to construct roads and houses and, and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. And do the draw correct drawings and stuff like that. But I had to take way many years to become, you know, a, yeah. a professional, but that's, I was like, when we, we were about to, I think we re released horror kills. So this is in 90, 97 i said I, okay i give and we started touring we got some momentum going you know and and i was like I, okay i give this band one more year you know because i got into another school and i was like i give this band another year if it if it doesn't work out then i can always reapply to the school and uh i have not regretted that decision since so i clearly there was a it was a crossroad for real you know yeah well, luckily for you guys and for you, it just continued to work year after year after year. Even even the low points, obviously, you're still here in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's important to pile through the low points too. You know, not give up and like you got to search inside and do what you love. You know? Yeah, you, you got to do difficult things. I think if you do difficult things, you become a better person and you, you become more confident in yourself too. So you can you can sit there on the long tour drives or you know when you're not on tour or when you're struggling to write a, write a song or an album, you can sit there and think back and go like, I've, we've done this already before and I've overcome. So, you know, I'll overcome this too. So it's, it's yeah. a good confidence booster. Yeah. And again, the, the COVID years were a real wake up call to, to realize what you have, you know? Yeah. What other, uh, what other hobbies is Anders in, or uh, what are you into outside of metal and being in flames? Outside of well, architecture, too. Sorry. During the COVID, I uh, I uh, decided because I had to do something, right? And um, I don't work out and do all that stuff. I, I try once in a while, but it's so fucking boring. Um, <laughs> and so I I built a studio in my house and I bought a lot of old analog synths and 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 became, you know, I did an, um, my own little product called If Anything Suspicious, which is more like a soundtracky, more, you know, it's no words, so it's instrumental, but it's all built around synths and drum machines and stuff like that. More, more, uh, yeah, way more arty than, than in flames. Cause I wanted, I didn't, it, it's easy to do what we do and just repeat yourself, but with other musicians, I rather want to go like do something completely different. Uh, so I did that and I kind of saved my, kept me sane so to speak mm. <laughs> and, and i like to cook i like to cook a lot i like to uh, whatever 
yeah, I just, I like being in the kitchen. But that's also the, like the creative side, I guess, you know, like, right. you, know, you, mi you mix, you mix riffs or you mix ingredients, you know, like. Yeah, we can talk so, about that because I also cook, I also like to cook too. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I found a, I found my love for cooking not that long, a couple of years ago, you know, I started cooking at the house and then became like, well, I'm done cooking just basic chicken dishes. So what else can I cook? You know, this is, actually, yeah, yeah. This is a cookbook right here, actually. Oh, right, 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 right. Now, I, find, I guess you really have to be in the moment, moment too. You can't just go in and be think about tons of other things. And then because you were, yeah, you fuck up the recipe or you burn something, you do this or that. Like, um, so, so I, I find it very relaxing. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I'm not home now, but on the tour, I have a Traeger grill with me. So I do barbecue a lot, you know, for, for the crew and for whoever, the other bands who are with us. Uh, so that, that's fun. You know, kill some hours for sure. And, and people get fed, which is a good thing. Um, is, there, is there a European style barbecue? I've always wondered that. Because I mean, I'm, I live here in the South. So like South of the United States. So like, obviously barbecue is somewhat plentiful. And I always yeah. wondered if there's other barbecue methods like outside of the states that are you know better or worse for the for that matter. I think I'm I am inspired by American barbecue, but I, I guess I have my own twist to it, and you know, yeah. So so, but I'm very inspired by American barbecue. Interesting. Uh, do you have your favorite? What's your favorite style of American barbecue? Because you've traveled all over, so I'm sure you've tried, tried yeah. a bit. Um, I had really good in St. Louis, St. Louis style. It's very good, but you know, it's, uh, um, I had amazing barbecue in Austin. I had a great mm -hmm. barbecue in Nashville. Um, I had dry barbecue in Nashville, uh, too. So it's, uh, you know, um, it's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit different here and there and different way you add rubs or if you, you know, things that you do and, the hours that you cook, whatever you do, um, yeah. you know, you can, you can make the greatest brisket ever, but you can also kill that because it's a tough meat to cook. Yeah. You can kill it and it's super, super dry. And yeah. So that's one of the bummer. That's one of the bummers about cooking is like, if you do fuck it up, you've already spent X amount of, <laughs> X amount of time working on it. So it's yeah. bummer. But again, it's like you, you need to try, you know? Oh yeah. That's it. I don't think the greatest cooks all of a sudden started cooking. You know, right. it's been a long journey. You know, do you ever so, go to any of the like higher end um, restaurants in your area or in Europe, like you know, like the Michelin star rated restaurants and such? Yeah, yeah, we have we have one in in Stockholm where I live, which has three Michelin uh, stars. It's called Franciens, um, and I've been there two or three times. And it's a, it's a long sitting. You sit there for, you know, five hours or whatever. So oh, you wow. go through dishes, but it's just, it blows my mind. You know, it's, it's not only it's the presentation amazing, but the taste and the way they go through a menu. Again, like I want to create an album, you know, it has to be dynamic. It has to be dynamic with, within that, the menu too. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a very cool experience. And uh, we have one Michelin sushi place in in stockholm as well uh, and it's the greatest sushi i had outside japan oh wow so. interesting yeah i have sushi here and i know that that's borderline dog shit for the most part so i i have an idea i like sushi but obviously yeah. i've never had like 
great sushi. So I need yeah. to I need to try that somewhere. Go to Stockholm. You should find it. You have to book it in advance. The way it's called Sushi Shoe, mm-hmm. and really, really good. Yeah, I'll definitely I have to. By the way, I just love the food. Are you big into the plating and the visual aspect of when you when you cook? Like when you cook dishes for people or your friends, do you are you big on like visual plating? <laughs> That's my weakest link. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. That's why it's why it's awesome to do barbecue because it's like black. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you the Make kind it. of are you the yeah. kind of person that can't let their like can't let their food touch? Can't mix. You know, some people can't mix their items within their plate or like you know. I'm I'm a kind of guy that just mixes everything you know with the same fork and because it's all going in the same place. But you know, people like but- to keep things separate. I know what you mean, but well, no, I, I mean, I would like person. I would like to taste the separate things and mix everything my own. I, mm-hmm. I don't like a bowl of just mixed. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. So do you, with architecture, are you, do you draw? <coughs> Sorry? Do you draw with, because you were into architecture, obviously you have to make, you know, uh, designs and use, you know, pen and paper, pen, uh, pencil and, and, and graph paper mm. and stuff like that. But do you draw as well? Uh, not much. Um, I, I kind of lost uh, lost a lot of um, like the skill of drawing. A dream of mine it would be, I, I'm, I still want to draw my own house. I mean, I live in a house, so I have, but I want to build a new house and draw it myself. But at that point, I think I need professional help. I could do the beginning and then to get it right so people understand what the hell they are building, I need a professional um, But Bjorn, um, he's, uh, he's drawing a lot. So he actually he gave me um, some watercolors and uh, um, some papers and stuff like that. And it's, I've been noodling around with that stuff uh, here and there. And it's, it's really, it's, again, you kill a couple of hours and you, it's, it's really, yeah, it calms me down out here, you know. Interesting. Yeah, watercolor is something I'd love to get into. I mean, I've been saying that for fucking like three years now, but I, yeah. you know, I got an iPad and an iPencil that I kind of doodle with every now and then, but I also doodle in every stupid pen. And yeah, no pen. It, was, it was really funny at this time, but the previous album, we did our uh, tattoo artist uh, as a tattoo shop called Funny Farm. He came over to the house and, and me and Bjorn and, and him, we had some, you know, art nights just listening to music and sipping on some beers and whiskey and just drawing and these guys can draw but i i enjoyed it just to be there and just you know like yeah yeah because no one can judge me on their fight whatever it's like a turd so what yeah yeah, that was funny that was my intention you know yeah well also it's like art is interpretation you know it's it's in in the eye of the beholder right so like so i try to tell everyone because people who can't you think they can't draw i'm like yeah you might think you can't draw because you're being hard on yourself but someone's going to see that and they're going to be like oh that's like i really enjoy that i like that it's appealing to me visually appealing so yeah and then back to the music thing that was what draw me into the music from beginning i thought it was what's no boundaries like in metal you can do whatever you want it's like later when you release album you get into the whole scene and see and especially with the internet coming, like people will say, you can't do this, you can't do that, you should do this, you should do that. Otherwise, you're not part of us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I hate that. I, I would like do whatever you want, you know? I agree. Um, 
So tying this conversation back in with the the new album coming out, the artwork for the Foregone is pretty pretty freaking awesome. Um, yeah. How how important is that to you, like or to the band, for you know to have what you know? Is it important to have a great looking cover to and do you incorporate things from the album into the cover, and do you just tell someone you know what you would like, or just does, does some artists you know approach you and say, hey, I want to make your album cover? It's insanely important really and Blake Armstrong who's doing our cover and all the art he lives in LA as well and uh, he's been working with us now since like a couple of albums back mm -hmm. and uh, so he was there from the beginning from the demo and stages and we talked to concepts and we talk ideas back and forth and I could be in a in a session you know, in Howard's studio and be like Sorry, Howard, I got to call Blake because this line here this makes me feel this way. And then I call up Blake and he said, oh, that's awesome. Let's let's do this instead. And that inspires me to, <coughs> sorry, to write something different, right? <coughs> so, and, and I think our fans enjoy that, like this whole, yeah, the cult or whatever around our gesture, around the symbol, around like the story, and it's to me at least. Um, I yeah, it's very, very, very important. And he's doing a wonderful job, and I think he topped himself on the on this album for sure. Yeah, it's, a really, it's it's a really uh, really awesome album cover. I, I do have to tip my hat to him and to you guys for that. That's that's a great album cover. People see the whole booklet and everything. It's it's amazing. Yeah, that's another thing that we kind of talk about on here is physical media a lot, you know, because to me it's important because I grew up doing that as I'm sure you grew up looking at vinyl and CD booklets and all sorts of stuff. And this is cool to hold that, you know, in your hand and while you're listening to the album, obviously. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what all it looks like as well myself. I mean, I've only seen the front cover, so I, I'm interested to see what the booklet and the back cover all look like. Yeah, I want people to dive in the whole thing, then escape this crazy world for a second and create your own little world within what we are giving you, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what, how I did when I started listening to music too, saw these big covers, you know, you watch the Dio cover and you go like, oh, oh, what, what is that? These guys are insane. Oh, and the music became greater because of this too. So I agree. And, and uh, yeah, so... Do you think that's, there's a disconnect when, when people just listen to it digitally? They don't really have that final relationship? I, 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 sound, I, I think I sound like a very, very old man if I say it should only be on vinyl and it should only be like this. I, I do understand we adapt to, to, uh, to, the, to the present, but I kind of what I said before too, I think if you listen on Spotify and you only listen for 30 seconds and then they judge a whole band's career because of those 30 seconds, you are missing out. And I guess, I mean, we are all different and it's, it's fine. And you, 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 you don't have to love everything, but you know, sometimes if you give an artist a chance, you will, it will give so much more to you, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, like you said too, you said you were, you heard us and that was your first into some other bands, right? Right. I would love for our band to be a gateway to some other bands. That'd be amazing, you know? Yeah. If I'd be first heavy metal band, like when you're like 10 years old, that's amazing. I mean, Scorpions were that to me. I was yeah. 10 years 
Scorpions for the first time. And then came Priest, Iron Maiden, and all the other stuff. And then it got heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier, you know, up until you listen to Grindcore, right? But mm-hmm. then I gone back and now I listen to all kinds of music. But Scorpions gave that to me, and I will always be grateful, of course. You know, do you still, so, listen, to, do you still listen to Scorpions from time to time? Yeah, of course. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. It's hard, sometimes it's hard for me to go back to those early bands. They played in, in Vegas when we, we had an off day. And of uh, Mickey, of course, who, uh, uh, he's from Gothenburg too. So we got a chance to come and say hi. And it's always cool to see him. You know, he's all, also all over the place all the time. So you don't get to hang out that much. But yeah, no, I, 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 I really dig Scorpion still. Awesome. Yeah, like I said, sometimes it's hard for me to go back and listen to those bands I first you know, when I was a younger, first got into just because like, really? The, yeah, just because the sound like the production is uh, isn't the same as like production nowadays, you know, so like, some things just sound a lot better. And that's why sometimes like even bands I'm not familiar with, but they're older. If I try to go back and listen to them, it's hard for me to get into them because it sounds like, you know, and that that was pivotal for, uh, in, for that period yeah. of time, right? Because that's, that's, that was the sound. But now with everything just changing in, in the studio and home studio situation um I, I like the current you know the current full sound not the flat tin metal sound that was prevalent in the 80s and stuff but no, no I, I i i to me it's, i don't i for for me it's not i i you know it's i don't really so much go in and judge to product it's the, the feel of the music more than uh, yeah of course it, it's it's you have all this equipment today and it maybe in a, if you compare A to B, it sounds better, whatever that means. But it, to me, that's not necessarily better. It's mm-hmm. the energy and what they were trying to say. And, and, and you know, and also it's, I think for me, it's difficult to compete with something that I heard and fell in love with for the first time. That's when I, when I look at our careers, like we've done, as we talked about, we've done so many albums. If your first album for Clayman, let's say Clayman. And that's nothing can compare it to that moment, right? Mm-hmm. You heard it in the moment in your life. You were, you were drunk with your best friends, so you were meeting a girl for the first time and you heard Clayman and all of a sudden, I, whatever I do after that, I could never, ever, ever change that moment for you. So, so everything else would be less good. It could be almost there. Mm-hmm. But so for me, for me, like the first, when I hear like, uh, whatever blackout or whatever from from scorpions you know or it's just like that's it <laughs> i'm have to go back and listen to some scorpions after this just to should Every, from. yeah everyone everyone should have at least have one scorpions album in their collection i don't want to keep you too much longer because i know you got a show or uh later this evening so uh you guys you said you're in california san francisco is what you said yeah are you guys uh you guys are playing aftershock as well right yeah are you guys just staying kind of close by for the week? Uh, I don't know. Well, we were selling our tour bus, I guess. And we, I think we're heading to uh, uh, Riverside to play show after Aftershock. Oh, cool. I and think, then we uh, go day the day after. Interesting. I think, um, I think our, well, my partner, uh, Dylan, is actually scheduled to do something with you guys at Aftershock for like some short, right. short content. But uh, yeah. I appreciate your time, Anders, and um, man, it's been really great because, like I said, I've been listening to you guys for like 20 years now, 
uh, a lot of my friends will be jealous of, that I had the opportunity to do this. So uh, oh. I want to thank you for your time, man. And uh, hopefully it doesn't take me a long period of time to see you guys again, because that was awesome this past week. I, I, I was really enjoying that. And obviously you, you played one of my favorites, uh, you know, Cloud Connected. So I can't complain. Oh. Can't complain. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I appreciate it. And I hope you guys uh, have another, you know, fucking 30 years of just another 14 albums, another 30 years. And one day I hope you get to draw that house and build that wow. house, man. Yeah, yeah. Before I made those 14 albums, I hope. So. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully yeah. you, you design a great kitchen for yourself as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the most important part. That's where you start the house, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, man, have a great time. Oh. Have a great night with Meshuggah and them. I'm sure you already have, obviously. But uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. We'll see you soon. Cool, man. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.